بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في القرآن المجيد بعد عوض بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتون إلا وأنتم مسلمون وعن عبد الله بن مسعود رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم استحيوا من الله حق الحياء قال قلنا يا رسول الله إنا نستحي والحمد لله قال ليس ذلك ولكن الاستحياء من الله حق الحياء أن تحفظ الرأس وما وعى والبطن وما حوى ولتذكر الموت والبلاء ومن أراد الآخرة ترك زينة الدنيا فمن فعل ذلك فقد استحيا من الله حق الحياء أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رب الشح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم صدق الله العظيم Brothers and sisters, elders, students السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our creator, our nourisher and provider, is very close to us. And a person in every instance is indebted to this Lord, to this creator. Every second of our life, uh, we are indebted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when a person realizes who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, then his relationship with his Lord and with his uh, benevolent Lord changes. And instead of being merely a relationship of fear and worry and concern of I don't want to get in trouble, I don't want to go to hell, I don't want to get punished. Instead that relationship changes to that one of love, admiration and awe. When a person really knows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and understands what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done, continues to do and shall always do for us, then the relationship changes to that of love and admiration, appreciation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout the Qur'an and over a third of the Qur'an talks about His greatness and talks about what He has done for us, what He continues to do for us and the beautiful uh, ways that the Qur'an describes how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us in the various layers of darkness in the mother's womb and granted us the strength that we have today, etc. All of that that's mentioned, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِي How sad that the human beings simply have not appreciated Allah the way He ought to be appreciated. Human beings have not appreciated Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way He ought to be appreciated. Everyone else, we recognize that they have rights, that they need, they have, uh, you know, they need to be appreciated, they need to be thanked for what they do for us. But it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that a person puts all the way to the bottom. A person very easily neglects and forgets and, uh, and doesn't think twice that what does Allah think about this? My brothers and sisters, routinely we always ask ourselves, what do, you think, what do you think the people will say? What's the public image? The whole aspect of PR management, the whole aspect of public opinion, whether it's politicians, whether it's large companies, they invest so much money into this aspect because what people think to them is so important. What people view them as is so important. So they invest hundreds and millions and at times even more than that. Whole departments dedicated to that. But how often does a person think that what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala think of me? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala think of my actions and the actions of, for example, my organization or my company? What is the, the actual judge whose opinion actually counts? Whose verdict actually counts? What he thinks about me is actually what is uh, the, a, a, the deciding factor of where I'm headed. This distance is created when a person doesn't think about Allah, when a person doesn't uh, ponder about the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So our Nabi came here on this earth 
in this world to take us back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to introduce us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for us to feel that love, the passion uh, that we should feel towards our biggest, ben uh, most benevolent, greatest source of all benefit that we have, Muhsin al-Haqiqi, the one who truly is granting us uh, blessings. When a person reaches that and thinks about Allah and truly ponders about him through muraqaba, through other me methods of uh, looking at ayat kawniyah, looking at the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the heavens and the earth, he will reach a level where then he begins to, as I said earlier, begins to feel shy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person begins to feel awestruck and says, I cannot disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not because I am... Um, simply afraid of the punishment that's there but besides that I don't want to disappoint Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for example a person who is full of rage and anger and upset over something a person a young strong man a powerful person who can put him down walks into the room that does not necessarily all of a sudden make him sub, you know subdue his anger and that he forgets what he was angry about he might even say hey what are you come for you have a problem that was that's what he may resort to even getting more angry but in that fit of anger, when the person is about to spew some not-so-nice language and uh, is, is, can't control himself, at that instance, if one's old grandmother, one's elderly mother walks in, one's, you know, uh, uh, an elder parent, an elder grandparent, an elder teacher walks in, all of a sudden a person, he's like, get you later. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of you later. Let me just keep quiet now. What happened? That elderly parent, that elderly grandparent is not going to hit them with a staff or is not going to push them to the ground like that younger person may, could, would, could have done. But instead, the relationship is changed now. It's not fear. What is this elder parent and elder grandparent going to do? It's simply a person feels ashamed. That in front of this person, I don't want to lose my temper. I don't want to say things which are not right, which are, you know, insults. And I feel ashamed that these type of t words should be on my tongue in the presence of my elders, in the presence of my parents. We see this on a daily basis. How we control ourselves, we inhibit ourselves when we see people who we respect. When we see people who uh, we have um, uh, you know, genuine love for and appreciation for. So this, alhamdulillah, is great. Because some people don't even have that. Some people have absolutely no inhibition. Whether the parent is there, the elder is there, the teacher is there. They are as they are always. There is no haya. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, When you lose any sense of modesty, when you lose any sense of shame, then you may do as you like. You may do as you like because there's nothing going to stop you now. Shame is one of the greatest radi', one of the greatest things that will hold you back. That, that sense of uh, inhibition that comes in within a person. What are people going to say if I continue to sin in this manner? This is something that is horrible. This is something which is, uh, I don't want people to think of me like that. That's great. Alhamdulillah, if we have that within us, that is a great gift of Allah. Because there, unfortunately, there are people who don't have this. And they will openly, gladly tell you, I don't care what people think of me. I will sin left and right. What are you going to do about it? I did this at home. I treat my wife like this. I treat my kids like this. I treat my elders like this. I treat my parents like that. You can see me how I treat my mom and dad. And what are you going to do about it? So there are people who really in, in public they disrespect their parents. In public they abuse their spouses. In public, in front of, in front of people. So for them we can only pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring them back up. Because the Prophet said, Al-Haya'u wal-Iman'u qurana. Ida rufi'a ahaduhuma tabi'ahu al-akhar. Or kama qala Nabi Sallallahu That modesty, bashfulness and haya and iman, they are partners. Qareen is that that sits next to you, that's always with you. They're qurana, they're together. Ida rufi'a ahaduhuma. When one of them is taken away, when, when one of them is lifted, away from the heart the other one is on its way out when one of them is taken away 
then the other one also is on the way out. Meaning, a person who has no sense of modesty and shame, of bashfulness, of inhibition, then know very well that Iman is the next guest that's going to be leaving. And what's after that? Nothing. Because one of the most uh, salient features of a Muslim, of a believer, is haya. And this is something that Quran and Hadith, uh, the Hadith is replete with. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, uh, yani instructed the Prophet and when describing the daughters of Shu'ayb as well, talks about the tamshi ala stihya, how the daughters of Shu'ayb were walking on top of modesty, on top of a whole heap of haya. That's how much haya they have, because this is something which is a great quality. He describes the daughters of Shu'ayb, the wife of Musa والسلام, that they were an embodiment of haya. And uh, you'll see we keep on translating haya with modesty or bashfulness and shame. But brothers and sisters, in reality, in reality there is no proper translation in the English language for haya. And you can do all the research on it and you'll arrive at the same conclusion. Because why? When I use words like modesty and bashfulness and shyness, etc. They all have certain connotations that come with that word that are not good. There are certain connotations with this word that are definitely not included in the concept of haya. Haya is not opposite of chivalry. Haya is not opposite of courage. You can be very courageous, you can be the leader and a general in a battlefield. You could be a, a king of a country, but still you could have loads of haya. The Prophet ﷺ, as we know, was the most generous person, the most honorable person. At the same time, he was of course the most fearless person. The companions of the Prophet ﷺ describe in great length to, to the fearlessness and the courage that the Prophet ﷺ had. There was once a loud bang, a thud or a loud noise in Medina. So loud that people came out of their homes worried. What happened? Is Medina under attack? What's going on? And they start looking around and worried. And the first thing comes is, where's our Nabi? Let's quickly go check on our Nabi ﷺ. So they go see and Rasulullah is not there. People are getting anxious and worried. As they are trying to figure out where did this sound come from, they see that the Prophet ﷺ is riding back from the outskirts uh, on a, a horseback, possibly without even any type of you know, to, uh, a bridle or any type of saddle. The Prophet ﷺ is riding saddleless on this horse because no time. So they say, Ya Rasulullah, what's happening? The Prophet ﷺ had already got up before everyone else as soon as he heard the noise. He, he sat on his horse, uh, rode on his horse in a, very, in, in a very hurried manner, went out to the outskirts where the sound was coming from, checked it out, figured out what was the problem and came back. And the Sahaba are still trying to figure out what happened. At that time when it was something that really in intimidated them, a loud noise in the middle of the night that you have never heard before. That is the courage of the Prophet ﷺ. Yet the Prophet ﷺ describing his haya, describing his modesty, you see, is, is what? That the Sahaba said, if you were to see a, a newlywed wife, a, new, a bride who are sitting in her carriage, or hodaj in her carriage, and she's you know, or or or, or a young girl in her in her it was not even married yet in her hodaj in her uh, carriage the amount the bashfulness that she would have, the hopefully the modesty that she would have, the Prophet ﷺ was that modest in a sense that if a person said something which is not very appropriate in front of his gathering and in front of him, his face would go red. Out of shyness, out of bashfulness. So you can't really figure out a word in the English language that will give you all of that meaning. That you've got chivalry, you've got courage, you've got generosity. And at the same time, there are certain things that make your face blush. 
There are certain things that make you stand away. Not because you're afraid of anyone. Not that you have any reason to be inhibited, inhibiting anything. But it's, it's a beautiful concept that brings the best of everything. The Prophet ﷺ when speaking about the qualities of, or the branches of Iman. The branches of Iman, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned over 70 branches of our faith. But then with special mention, special mention, he said, Al-haya'u shu'batun, ay shu'batun azimatun min al-iman. That haya', and that's why I just stick to the word haya'. You know, the haya' itself is a very great uh, uh, branch of our faith. If this faith is a tree that's growing out of a seed, and it's got over 70 branches with beautiful fruits on them, the greatest or one of the most prominent uh, uh, branches that come out of this tree is the concept of haya'. That a Muslim, he, he, he has that. Always uh, trying to inculcate that within themselves. Brothers and sisters, there are many different levels of haya. And a person has haya from his parents. A person has haya from his children. A person has haya from general public. A person has haya, for example, from his teachers. A person has haya from the angels. Yes. A person has haya from the angels. That my angels are writing my deeds. I should have a shame. You know, I need to control myself. Then there is haya, subhanAllah, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's the first and foremost one. Al-haya min Allah. That a person, he has this inhibition from Allah that I don't want my Allah to see me in this situation. Okay? I don't want to see Allah subhanahu I don't want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to see me in this situation. That's why the, the definition of taqwa, definition of taqwa, ulama have given mawlaka la yaraka haythu nahak. That God consciousness simply means that your Lord does not see you where He told you not to be. He told you not to be there, he should never catch you there. That is what taqwa is. That every time a person, before he makes a move, before he makes a purchase, before he makes a sale, before he or she eats something, looks somewhere, listens to something, indulges in something, ask, is, does Allah want me to be in this situation? Is Allah happy to see me? Because Allah, you can never run away from Allah. Allah is always sami'um, alimum bidat sudur uh, Allah is khabirum bima ta'maloon. All well aware. Khabir. Khabir is that, that being who has the expertise of getting to the depth and the bottom of what's going on. Not simple ilm. Khibra. He has excellence and he is an expert at getting to the bottom of the most akhfa, the most hidden thing. Ya'alamu sirra wa akhfa. Allah knows not only the secrets, akhfa. That which is more even more hidden and more subtle than the secret. That which you haven't even shared with anyone. You haven't texted anyone. You haven't brought it up in pillow talk. It's between you and yourself. But guess what? You have to add Allah into this formula. Between you, yourself, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah knows ma tuwaswisu bihi sudur. Those desires and those whisperings of the nafs, of the soul, Allah is well aware, reading it, seeing it, all, all aware of what's happening. So when a person, hmm, subhanAllah, when a person is thinking of something, let's say something is someone comes in front, a thought crosses a mind. Whether that thought is about evil that this person is, is so sinful or looking down upon that person, debasing that person internally, or it's a lustful thought about that person. Immediately, a person should think, the thought that is being processed through my mind right now, my khawatir, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for him it's as bright and as clear as a bright, bright sun. It's so clear, it's on huge screens. What I'm thinking about this person, and what the thoughts that are crossing my mind, desires, if they are lustful desires, are crossing my mind, all of that is, is all over the place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is well aware of it. So other people in the room don't know, the person next to me doesn't know, the person in front of me who I'm looking at also doesn't know what I'm thinking about them. 
But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is completely well aware. That's what haya from Allah does. That a person says, Astaghfirullah. And people say, what happened? Don't worry about it. No one knows why you're saying istighfar. Because this is between you, yourself, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person is visiting the house of Allah. May Allah make it easy for those who are performing hajj that Allah accepts it. And those who are planning to go, may Allah make it easy. May those who have not yet been able to go, may Allah also accept them soon, inshaAllah ta'ala, to go say ameen. So a person goes there, he's looking at Kaaba. He's looking at the Kaaba. He's looking at the Kaaba first time on this trip. He's overwhelmed with emotion. But then his eyes fall on a non-mahram, also in tawaf. Next to him, in front of him, behind him, wherever the case may be. Now what happens? Who knows about this? People are crying next to you in the group. People around you are amazed, are overtaken by emotion as they come face to face by the Kaaba. But now we've got another problem here. Our eyes at that our dua was going great, our istighfar was going great, our concentration was going great, until our eyes fall upon a non-mahram here. Now we're in a serious situation. No one in our group, our parents, our wife and children, anyone, our friends, no one knows what's going on. But you and I and Allah, our Allah knows what's going on. At that time immediately, a person has to have haya from Allah. That Ya Allah, shame on me, shame on me. This is your house. This is your house. This is your Kaaba. This is your servant in the state of ihram who has come. How dare can shaitan attack me at this moment? How dare can my nafs attack me at this moment that I have the guts and the audacity to look at haram in this place, in this, in this sanctified place? If that person has haya from Allah, he will immediately be able to retreat. He will immediately be able to say, Astaghfirullah, please forgive me, Allah. But if a person does not have that haya, he will continue to shamelessly sin. While others were saying, Wow, mashallah, what dua he's making. Look at his concentration. My Allah, accept. And my brothers and sisters, we are just piling up sin after sin, sin after sin, as we're in that house, in that sacred place, committing shamelessly, you know, breaking the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know a person is speaking to his parents and there are others there or there are, others are not there. Parents are elderly or parents are young. Regardless, and a person retro, you know, retroats back, a person gives a back answer that is, that is just full of, 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 of darkness, that's full of evil. And to the extent that you know, he's, he's alone, no one's listening to that. But a person, subhanAllah, should have haya from Allah. A, a, a husband is scolding his wife and there are little children there. A wife is getting upset at her husband. There are little children there or elder children. A person has to have haya from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Really? Is this proper? Should I really debase my husband? Should I really belittle my wife in front of my kids? Is this exactly what type of children I want to raise who have no respect for their parents? Because I am arguing with my spouse in front of my children. Person has to have haya from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person who is in the position of power. You're an employer. You're a physician. You are a, a business owner. You are a, 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 a teacher. You are a husband. You're in a position of, of, of leadership. You're in a posi- you have an upper hand. And there's a client. There's a patient. There is a, 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 a customer. There is a, someone who is in need, an employee. And at that time, you have the means to twist their arm. You have the means to emotionally, physically, financially blackmail them. You have, an, you have the ability to put on a price tag for what they're asking for a hundred times more than they can afford. Because you are in a position of power. Because the, the reins are in your hands. Because you just feel like it, today is my day. Brothers and sisters, at that time, remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching. This person, Allah is looking at what, you know, what poor situation or what uh, um, despicable or horrible situation this person is in. And Allah is watching how you use that power. How you misuse or use that power to help that person or whatever difficulty he was going through to make it worse. That he was struggling and limping and a person, Allah forbid, grabs his hand and pulls him down in the ditch. Instead of giving him or her a hand to lift them up, a person pushes them down. That is 
Very possible, we could do that. What's going to stop us? Haya from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we are very well aware that Allah is watching me. Yes, I'm in a position of power and strength, and I have an ability to do something. How many instances between marital relationships, things go wrong? And a husband says, well, guess what? The right of divorce is my hands. You see what I'm going to do. SubhanAllah, that's not what our deen taught us. That is not what our deen taught us. Brothers and sisters, I must add that today, the deen has been used, used as a tool for promoting our own lustful desires, for promoting our tyranny. We use hadith and Qur'an selectively to promote our understanding of tyranny, that I'm going to use this against a poor lady, or a poor young man, or a poor young woman who believes in Allah. I can pull out the Allah card, pull out the Jahannam card, and the person will get scared. So I use these things instead of trying to practice on this or improve, I'll use them against that. This is like used for emotional torture, for physical torture, believe it or not. All over, parents torturing or abusing you know, kids, spouses doing it amongst themselves, business partners stabbing each other in the back, and all have, mashallah, a nice ayah of the Qur'an, a nice hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, a nice statement of some scholar, you know, taken out of context from a khutbah or from some book. And each one is using this to promote their tyranny. That's not what the Qur'an was revealed for. That's not what the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ was there for. But when a person has no haya from Allah, there's no stopping. There's no stopping. Deep down a person knows, Allah knows I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. And I should not be using this verse of the Qur'an to just promote my tyranny, to, to envelope or cover up my tyranny in the garb of religiosity, in the garb of, well, that's what the scholars say. That's what the fatwa says. And even though a tenth of that or a hundredth of that we're not applying in our own lives. We see this, uh, unfortunately, manifest itself to the greatest extent in marital relationships. When each one is using a hadith out of context, each one is using a Qur'anic verse out of context because... There's no haya from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how a person at the end of the day needs to see himself. That when I am in khalwa, when I am alone, what is the situation condition of my heart? In public, I, I say something. In public, I'm acting in a certain manner. But at home, amongst spouse, amongst family members, amongst friends, am I the same or am I not? If we are not the same, then that tells us that we, whatever we do, we're doing it out of haya from the people. That we're ashamed of the people. But that Allah who is everywhere, when we are with people and we're alone, unfortunately, we are not afraid of Him. Or we're not at least even bashful. We're not, we're not, we're not we're, the, the, the level of respect, they Allah, I feel guilty. I feel guilty. I don't, want, I don't want you to see me. You've done so much for me. These beautiful eyes you've given me. You, you could have pulled them out long ago. How many people here know someone who's blind, subhanAllah? And you know what it means like. I don't know, but you know, subhanAllah, that that person can't appreciate anything. Can't see whatever you and I are seeing. But Allah has given these eyes repeatedly, day after day, day after day. If I use these very same beautiful eyes of Allah, to look at haram, to look at a non-mahram, for a sister to look at a brother, a brother to look at a sister with the lust, whatnot, a person has to have haya from Allah that Allah can easily turn off the switch on these eyes of mine. If not today, a day will come tomorrow maybe. Well, I'll suffer at the end of life. At the end of life, I'll be looking and wondering, why am I suffering like this? Why is everything going haywire? Why are my children and grandchildren in this manner? Why is my spouse in this manner? Why is everything going not the way I planned? And then hopefully, if he or she is lucky, a person will come to realize that it was mistakes that were made 20 years ago that we're having to pay for the price now. A person did not have haya from Allah initially, and a person has to pay the price now. So the safe, the safe way is a person says, besides impressing the people, and besides trying to keep, a, keep good face and good name in front of the people. Subhanallah. I, I've, uh, I, you know, one lawyer was telling me, another, another person also told me this. He said, Subhanallah, you know, I feel guilty. I, I, I have such a hard time coming to the masjid. I'm sharing what he said, because it hurts. 
He said, I have such a hard time coming to the masjid. Because I see people sometimes in the front rows of, of the masjid, coming early for salah, you know, staying late after salah, and their case is with me. And I know what's going on in their homes. I know what's going on in their business. I know what type of things they're involved in. And here in front of the public, a person's putting on this image. That subhanAllah, everything is fine, everything is dandy. When really things are, are not fine at home, when there's so much oppression, so much deceit, so much yani, lying, corruption, and infidelity in the marriage, all sorts of stuff are going on at home and in the business. And then a person puts on this garb of righteousness and piety. You can, I can deceive you, you can deceive me. And we can cover up from each other. But my brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's watchful eye, لا يخفى عليه, لا تخفى عليه خافية. Nothing is hidden from him. An iota worth of sin or good deed, whether anywhere it's in the heavens and the earth, is not hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah Jalla Jalalu create within me and all of us here haya from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, bashfulness and majesty from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, genuine love for Allah, where we feel guilty, not that from, from, we're not only afraid of hell, but we feel guilty from breaking the orders of Allah. We feel guilty from trampling on the teachings of the Prophet sallallahu We feel guilty when we uh, stab each other in the back, when we use harsh language, when we mistreat our parents, when we mistreat our spouse, when we mistreat our children, that we, are, we feel guilty that Allah is well aware and Allah knows my intentions. And Ya Allah, these eyes are a gift of yours. These ears are a gift of yours. This wealth, this health, these hands and feet are all a gift of yours. Ya Allah, I feel guilty that I'm misusing them in a manner that is not liked by you. Lest it should happen that you snatch away these things from me. And then what will I do? So this uh, has to, we have to spend some time alone. In khalwa. Whether in our individual dua after salah, or at home. One-on-one -on -one with Allah, saying, Ya Allah, create within me this haya, create within me this love, create within me this fear, that I begin to stay away from out of trouble because I love you. Out of your sake, because I know you're, you, when I have my phone in my hand, when I'm sitting in front of the computer, when I'm alone in my bedroom, when I'm alone in the car, when I'm alone in a, in a private place with someone else, I know very well that you're watching. And you're with me. He is with you wherever you may be. Ya Allah, create this istihdar in this real, realization that you're with me within my heart. Inshallah ta'ala, if we continue to make this dua and stay in the company of the people who have this haya, bi'idhnihi ta'ala, with Allah's permission, Allah will make us from amongst those chosen servants. I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes this reality for us. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Please move forward, inshallah ta'ala, and perform your sunnah salah. Move forward and fill up the safs.